Well, hello there, and thanks so much for dialing us up on your little podcast machine. I'm Dave Johnson, and I'm the host of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. And this time around, we're talking about crazy, crazy times when you're selling your house, when you get a whole stack of offers. How to navigate a stack of multiple offers on this edition of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. This is How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, a podcast specifically designed to get you the highest price for your home. A step-by-step guide to making all the right moves as you move and avoid all the pitfalls that can cost you tens of thousands. Here's the host of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price, global real estate advisor, Dave Johnson. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie Lucky. Uh, welcome to How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. Thanks so much for joining us. And as we get uh, rolling on another episode, I just have to give you uh, a huge thank you for listening. You know, there are 8 trillion, uh, that number may be exaggerated, but there are 8 trillion-ish uh, podcasts out there. So I know your time is limited. I know your resources are plentiful. And uh, so I appreciate you uh, dialing this one up and uh, learning more about selling your home and kind of the best practices. I was just thinking about, I almost said breast pack, pack, uh, never mind. Um, I was just thinking that I really should have called this like best practices for selling a home or something, but I I cannot stand the term best practices. I don't know. It, for some reason, it bothers me. It could, could be in my former profession as a TV anchor and having consultants in and all that stuff. Ugh, don't get me started. Uh, Beth's practices. Uh, so, anyway, because uh, it's really, there are m- multiple things you need to know when you're selling a home that don't necessarily always come down to price. And we're kind of going to hit on that uh, today. But uh, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, hopefully subscribing to the podcast. And do me a huge favor, would you? You've got a lot of pals. So please tell a pal or two about the podcast. I would love to grow it to even larger. We've had uh, quite a few downloads and uh, things are going well when it comes to audience growth and all those metric things we can look at behind the scenes of a podcast. But yeah, please tell a friend, uh, especially if they're a homeowner, this is uh, good information. Even if they're not uh, looking to sell anytime soon, it is still important information to kind of keep in the back of your mind for when you do want to sell a home. So please tell a friend if I would love you. I would come uh, give you a bear hug if you would uh, share it on social media too. Uh, That would uh, be awesome. So much appreciated. And I'm still shocked and amazed. Let me uh, pull up uh, the the stats here because we've got we've got people listening all across the globe. Uh, Let's see from this episode. Let me see what am I looking at? Oh, from our first episode. We had listeners in Brazil, we had listeners in France, we had listeners in Dallas, Texas, in Idaho Falls, Idaho, in Fort Lauderdale, in uh, some from my hometown of Kansas City, and quite a few from my um, current city, which is Reno, Nevada. Love it here. So close to Tahoe, great climate, low humidity, uh, good people. Uh, too many Californians moving here. I love Californians, but man, there's a lot of them moving here. 
Uh, and uh, anyway, the list goes on and on. Uh, Washington, West, or Washington, Virginia, which I don't even I don't even know where that is, to be honest. Uh, but thank you uh, for listening to all those people. And that was just the first episode. Like I can pull up here. I'll pull up another one. Uh, let's pull up. Uh, let's pull up the last episode. Uh, the little details of selling a home. A huge thank you to uh, San Diego. Somebody uh, checking in from. And who knew people were listening in London? No, not London, England. I'm talking about London, Kentucky. <laughs> who knew there was a London, Kentucky? I, I didn't know that, but that's cool. Uh, thank you for listening, Kentucky. Uh, Oxon Hill, Maryland. I hope I'm saying that correct. O-X-O-N. I don't know. Uh, but thank you. Uh, oh, Australia we had on this one. Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Michigan, British Columbia, Minnesota. Uh, so just the, And that's just some of the cities. Uh, another Idaho Falls, some more Reno. So anyway, thank you very much for checking in and listening. It is much appreciated. But if you could, please tell a friend about it. That would be awesome. We'd love to grow it even more. So... Let's move on to the topic at hand, and that is multiple offers. Now, I'll tell you right now, if you're in a market that is not busy with real estate right now, then you're in a stagnant market. Like you are in a part of the world that I don't even understand because things are so crazy in Reno right now. And I know of many other cities that are crazy right now that uh, if you're not in a crazy city, uh, something's wrong. Uh, because the real estate market is just going insane. Now, a lot of people are asking, why is that? Because we have a coronavirus. We have the global pandemic. We have uh, rioting still. We've got all kinds of craziness going on in our country and around the world. But the fundamentals are quite strong for the housing market, especially the biggest one, low interest rates. Right now, below 3%. And that is an incredible thing when it comes to buying a home. It makes it uh, much more affordable and a great option, especially uh, as opposed to renting. So that's the, really the main driver of a very busy real estate market is all these very low interest rates. So we've got demand upon demand, uh, especially in Reno, because we've got... So California is messed up. Uh, it's basically on fire. And when it's not on fire, uh, the, the um, laws in that state... And I don't care what political party you are, but they are just insane. They're so restrictive, especially on building homes, permitting, all that stuff. And in general, it's just a very expensive state to live. And we're seeing a ton of people from uh, Northern California moving here to Northern Nevada. Because uh, a lot of people think Reno, Nevada is like, I don't know, an hour and a half from Las Vegas. Nope, it's about a seven-hour drive to Las Vegas. Las Vegas is in the very southern tip of Nevada, and Reno is very much on the western and north side of Nevada. So we are not really all that close to Las Vegas, but we are very close to California and the Bay Area. We're only about maybe, what, a two-hour drive, two-and-a-half-hour drive to Sacramento, and about four hours to San Francisco. Sorry about that. Uh, but there are all kinds of uh, Californians, not just from the Bay Area, but really all over Northern California that are moving here, partially because their state is so messed up and they want to get out, partially because coronavirus and people don't want to be in large cities, a lot of them, and also partially because the job uh, situation in Reno is quite strong, even with the global pandemic going on. We've got 
lots of uh, companies moving here, opening shop, and the jobs available here are quite strong. So all of those factors have made it an incredibly busy real estate market. So that's why we're talking about multiple offers. And uh, as I said, it's not just uh, Reno, Nevada that is seeing multiple offers on homes. It is really all, quite a few markets uh, are seeing the same thing. I talk to agents all across the country uh, quite a bit. And uh, multiple offers are a pretty common theme as people are uh, transacting homes quite often lately. So, so that's why we're talking about multiple offers. And basically, when it comes to multiple offers, you need to look at the big picture, the big factors, and that is price, that is closing date, and that is the contingencies, which means all of the inspections. And that can mean a loan contingency, an appraisal contingency, inspection contingency, all of that stuff. I hope I didn't just say inspection twice. I think I maybe did. But anyway, uh, all of those factors are very important when deciding on who to select as your winning buyer for your home. Uh, so it's a great time to sell, uh, but it's a difficult time to buy. So be aware of that if you are thinking of selling your home, because where are you going to go? Because it's a difficult situation to get an accepted offer on a home. So you need to kind of think that out before you sell your house because you're going to need a place to live. So whether you're building or moving cities or moving within your own city, it's important to have a plan with your realtor to make sure that uh, you do it the correct way because you really kind of need to find a place first and get the contract started on that in this kind of market and then start the process of selling your home because they are going very quickly. And it's often the seller gets to select terms. They get to select closing dates. They The seller kind of is king right now. So when it comes to you know how to select from multiple offers, I wish I had a golden rule, but really it's going to depend on what your situation is. So if, for instance, well, I should say cash is always king. And the reason that is, is because it eliminates the loan contingency and all the problems that can come with a transaction with a loan. Maybe the person buying your home has a loan pending with a mortgage lender and then they lose their job. Well, that means you're falling out of contract. The good news is if you put the house back on the market, you're going to have offers again pretty instantly unless there's major problems with your home. But the bad news is you've lost that time and you're having to kind of restart the process. So, obviously, price is a huge factor when you're considering multiple offers, but you have to look at closing dates, you have to look at those contingencies, and often people will select cash even if it's not the highest number that they're looking at from all those multiple offers. So yeah, it's important, and a lot of people, I, I cannot believe this, but a lot of buyers are actually waiving in the inspections on homes. Now, yes, uh, there are a lot of as-is homes on the market, and that usually means it's difficult to get the, a loan with those homes because lenders will not approve loans if the, you know there's big problems with the roof or some water issues, leaky pipes, whatever it may be. I just looked at a home recently that was an as-is property with a client. It didn't have running water. No running friggin' water in the house, and they're and they're on the market. And guess what? It's under contract now. That's how crazy the market is. 
Now, again, that's probably going to go to a cash buyer who's either going to fix it up and rent it out or flip it and uh, sell it. But it is just a crazy market. And honestly, this is a good time if you have a home that has a multitude of problems, sell it as is right now. This is a great seller's market. So now's the time to, to unload it and find a house with, you know, running water as an example. But, uh, you know, obviously cash is king. I, when I was, uh, when I lived in Vegas for two years, uh, that was, uh, interesting two years. Uh, I was a TV reporter there. And when I lived in Vegas for that, just that two years, I did buy a house and I kept losing to cash offers because I did have a loan and man, I would offer, let's say, I don't even remember the numbers, but let's say I would offer 400,000. Somebody would come in with cash at 360 and they would take the cash offer. That's how much cash is king because once you have verification of funds, it's a much simpler transaction. So obviously if you've got multiple offers and let's say one of them's cash and five of them are all loans with the loan contingency, with inspections, with appraisals, all that stuff, it's easy to say, okay, I'm going to go with cash. Because not only are you losing uh, the loan contingency, often you will lose the appraisal contingency because cash buyers will often waive that. So when you're looking at multiple offers, one thing that you definitely need to do is ask your realtor to draw up a spreadsheet. Very simple for them to do, but that way it gives you a visual idea of taking a look at all the multiple offers. So just have them draw up a quick spreadsheet that just has, it can just say offer one, two, three, four, five, whatever it may be, A, B, C, D, E, whatever. Uh, the price, closing date, contingencies, and any all of those important factors. That way you can simply take a look at the spreadsheet and decide, okay, which one do we want to go with here? Which which one has an inspection uh, contingency? Which one doesn't? Because I, I just lost uh, to uh, we had I had buyers who put in an offer on a home, and we were there were only two offers put in on this home at the same time, mine and another realtor, and we lost that uh, bid. I asked the uh, seller's realtor, I said, hey, can you just kind of give me an idea of why we were rejected? Because we did offer well over the asking price. And they said, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just because the other buyer waived the inspections. Again, I would never advise a buyer to do that. I had a discussion with my clients about that when I told them that news. And I said, I will never allow you to waive inspections. It's a $350 expense to get a home inspected. And even if it comes up with nothing major, great. At least you know there's nothing major. An inspection report will come up with a ton of stuff that's definitely minor, but you just want to make sure there's nothing major on that report. So I would never advise buyers to waive that inspection, although some are doing it in this crazy market to win that bid. So it's something to be aware of. But uh, so yeah, take a look at all the offers on a spreadsheet. Have your realtor draw one up it's not hard even if they don't you know want to do it on a computer you can do it on a piece of paper very simply um and that's an easy way to kind of look at them without any you know other factor because yes contracts have a ton of factors and you could even put a column of other like other fees because sometimes you'll have great a great price offered you'll have a great closing date that works for you 
and you'll have an inspection contingency time period that works well, but they're asking for all these little ticky-tack escrow fees and everything else, so you could have an other column of, say, you know, say like regular requests and then check yes or no in that column, if that makes any sense. Hopefully it does. But anyway, have them draw up that spreadsheet so it gives you a quick you know, one-page look at all these offers because, at least here, our offers are 10 pages long. So clients do not want to sift through 10 pages. If you're selling a house and you have five offers, you don't want to look through 50 pages of stuff. I think they're even longer in California, if I'm not mistaken. And every state has different, you know, numbers of pages and different contracts. But here in uh, Reno, they are 10 pages long. So you don't want to hand a client 50 pages of stuff. So give them a spreadsheet. So if you if you have multiple offers on your home, make sure you request a spreadsheet because it's much easier for you to look at that than it is, you know, 50 pages of junk with initials and signatures all over it. So get that spreadsheet. One other thing to be aware of, and this gets into fair housing, is you have to be very careful because a lot of people right now, a lot of buyers, I should say, are submitting like letters and pictures. And, you know, I, I've had that before where I was texted a picture of a family that wanted to buy a listing I had, like, uh, that was last year. And I'm like, I told the agent, I was like, thank you for that, but I really can't share that. That that sounds weird to say that I can't share that with my client, but it gets into fair housing. And I don't want them even subliminally picking a family that looks one way versus another because then you have a fair housing issue and I helped make it happen. So don't do that. And if you end up in a situation where your realtor says, oh, I have a few letters to share with, yeah, I would say, no thanks. I, because you can get sued for that later. Uh, and a lot of agents don't know that uh, that's n- not really uh, kosher to be, to be doing that. So... Um, if your agent does say, oh, I have some, you know, a letter and some pictures from a couple of the offers, again, just say, no thanks, can't get involved in that, uh, and just say, that's a fair housing issue, and they'll be like, oh, this seller knows their stuff. So yeah, those are really the two big things. Don't look at personal letters, personal pictures of people potentially buying your home. I'm not talking about the pictures in your home. They're going to see your house and your pictures that's okay. But you do not want to, you know, look at their personal stories uh, because it can get into a legal, ethical issue for sure. So avoid that and don't avoid a spreadsheet. Make sure you get a spreadsheet. Even if it's three offers, that doesn't sound like a whole lot. Like, oh, price and closing date. We'll pick that one. But you want to look at the important terms on paper and then also. You want to see how flexible somebody is, especially with whatever it is that you're most concerned with. And what I mean by that is, if you're most concerned about price, how flexible are they? You can probably counter and do quite well. Or if you are more worried about your closing date because of a new build that you're going to move into, or you are closing on another home, then closing date becomes super important and how flexible are your buyers on that? And it's important for the realtor that represents you trying to sell your home, make sure they have conversations with all of these offers to see how flexible they are on every one of those important terms in that contract. I feel like I'm 
very confusing today. It's it's very muddy. I feel like I'm not explaining it well. I understand what I'm saying, but I feel like it's muddy. So hopefully not. But if if it is, you can reach me on the interwebs and uh, ask me a question. I'd be more than happy to help. And by the way, if you do ever have a question about selling a home, I would love to answer it. You can uh, send those to me at, uh, let's see, why don't we just do justplaindave at gmail.com. That's my email address. J-U-S-T-P-L-A-I-N-D-A-V-E at gmail.com. Uh, those from Kansas City will, some of them will remember the uh, the Just Plain Dave name. That was my old radio name when I lived in Kansas City and did uh, radio for, geez, I think 19 years there. Uh, so that was a fun time. But uh, yeah, JustPlainDave at gmail.com. If you have any question about selling your home, I would love to answer it. And if, especially if you have any, any questions about this podcast, because I've talked about contingencies and terms and all that stuff. That uh, you may not quite understand, and I'd love to, you know, if it is murky for you, just email me, and I'd love to help. Um, but that's it. I mean, honestly, the two biggest things when when it comes to multiple offers are get that spreadsheet and make sure you do not look at any personal stories from potential buyers because it, it can get very, very murky. Um, and then, of course, the third most important thing is to know what is your most important now, a lot of people will tell you price is the price is king. That's that's the most important. But for a lot of people, it's you know no, there's no uh, loan contingency. If it's a cash offer, the price is going to become very much not as important to a lot of people. So just know before you put your house on the market what your most important factors are. So if you're offered you know three hundred thousand dollars for your house, and somebody offered two ninety for it cash, eh, may want to take the cash deal because uh, you have less chance of it falling out and it's a much quicker transaction too. But again, it all comes down to what your priorities are and how, how timing, how, how important is timing for you? How important is price for you? Are you needing to pay off, you know, this bill or that bill or that student loan or whatever? So think about that before you put your house on the market so you don't have, you know, you don't feel overwhelmed when you get the spreadsheet from your, um, realtor that uh, shows all these multiple offers and you need to make a decision by five o'clock today. Okay. There you go. So again, uh, subscribe if you haven't, please to the podcast. That's uh, super important. And if you can, please share it with a friend. I would uh, much appreciate it. And look at that. The music is telling me it's time to go. As summer ends in 2020 and we finally look forward to a brand new year soon. Ah, finally. The COVID year will be over soon. Okay, I'm rambling on. Have a good one. We'll see you next time on How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price. Look for new episodes of How to Sell a Home for the Highest Price every Monday and click subscribe so they'll show up for you automatically and get on the right track to saving yourself a load of cash by making the right moves when you're ready to sell. And if you need help finding a quality real estate agent in your area, just contact Dave at www.justplaindave.com. <laughs>